Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of The Wooden Spoon. Now, what is The Wooden Spoon? I hear you ask. Well, let me tell you. So The Wooden Spoon is a brand new podcast featuring Unjaded Jade, Ruby Granger, Eve Cornwell and me, Jack Edwards um, from the YouTube, but this time in audio form. So the wooden spoon as a metaphor, it's kind of the thing that you're given if you come in last place in a race. And at that time, it is a completely useless instrument. It has no purpose. (laughs) And so the point of this podcast isn't about, you know, avoiding failure or making sure that failure never happens. It's more about redefining failure and embracing failure and making it work to your own advantage. The thing about a wooden spoon is that you can repurpose it. You could use it to bake a cake or in our instance, you could use it to make a song around London landmarks, um, which we've been doing to promote the uh, the podcast, which has been so fun. And this weekend, um, we're actually going to VidCon. By the time this podcast goes up, we would have it would have been and gone. Hopefully some of you saw us there. In this particular episode, we're talking about rejection and personal anecdotes from that kind of thing and what we how we see failure and rejection. And another thing that I'm really excited about in this podcast is that we have our own Spotify playlist. So without further ado, I think it's about time that we uh, got into the podcast. So enjoy. And the best bit is the first bit, which is the jingle. So enjoy the jingle. Prepare to have this song in your head for the next century because it is so catchy. Here is the wooden spoon. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the first episode of our podcast. We are in a lovely studio in Vauxhall, London. We have a beautiful view over the Thames and everyone in this room is looking fantastic. You can't see them, but I can assure you that Thank they you do Jack. look I'll fantastic. You're <laughs> such a flirt right from the get-go. <laughs> so um, we'd just like to do a quick introduction. So my name is Jack. Um, I am a Durham University student studying English literature and um, all four of us have YouTube channels. So these YouTubers have been led into a podcast studio for some reason, um, but I'll let all the others introduce themselves as well. Hey guys, um, my name's Eve. Um, I'm a very sleep-deprived law graduate. (laughs) Hey guys, this is literally crazy to be here right now, but um, hi, I'm Jade. I'm 18, I'm currently on a gap year and I've just finished school. Um, I've applied to study biology next year. And yeah, that's me. I can't believe I'm here right now. (laughs) Um, I'm Ruby and I'm currently studying at the University of Exeter. I'm doing philosophy and theology and I'm in my first year and I'm honestly so, so excited to be here. It feels very surreal. Lovely stuff. So um, I feel like I should give you all a round of applause or something. (laughs) We're all here. Um, We're all present. And today we are going to be (laughs) discussing um, the podcast that we're making is kind of re-evaluating the ideas of failure and success and establishing that they're not really a dichotomy and so I wanted to start right at the beginning um, and talk about failure um, which is Woo. lovely and um, <laughs> depressing for your for your podcast listening experience um, yeah <laughs> but um, we want I don't want it to be an experience like that I want to we want to talk about it constructively and so I wanted to start by posing a very deep and philosophical question to you all and that is what is failure to you? Ooh, big question. I don't know why I've decided to talk because that means that I'm now going to have to enter this deep philosophical question. (laughs) Law students can't do that, but I'm going to have a go. Um, I think failure is like super subjective. um, And the way that people view failure is different depending on who you are and how you're brought up and everything like that. But for me, failure is like super internal. Um, And I don't mean that in like a super deep or depressing sense, but it's kind of based on expectations that I have of myself and maybe goals that I've set for myself. 
And if I fall short, say I don't get the grade I want or I don't get the position I want, that's when I see myself as failing. It's when I really want to do something and I think I'm going to achieve it and I don't quite make it. And I think that's an internal thing for me. I think you've like hit the nail on the head, kind of exactly Absolutely. how I feel as well. For me, um, I've kind of never had like pushy parents or felt perhaps the external pressures. Um, I've, it's always kind of been a very internal thing. And so I think for me as well, failure is just when I set my mind to do something, to achieve something and somehow don't get that outcome that I want it kind of just invites all this self-doubt and just makes me feel like I've failed in some way. But I completely agree with what you said as well, that failure is so relative because say in a school sense, you could have gotten this grade that someone else would be so thrilled with. Yeah. But yeah. just because it's not what you wanted, you know, you start to feel like it's a so failure. So you're talking about failure as kind of a very personal, yeah. internalised experience, yeah. And then it's interesting when you have the whole thing of pass and fail and you've actually got a very objective, very definite way of yeah. saying this is failure. Um, and that's a really interesting way, actually, that schools have um, have kind of almost marketed failure and how yeah. schools have defined failure for students. Because um, that's very, very different to how, you know, us as students do, do perceive it. Yeah, because I suppose the dictionary definition of what failure is would be l- failing to achieve a goal. But like to me that would be a goal that I had set but when you talk about it in an academic sense it's a goal that someone else has set for you or almost like a benchmark you have to get at least this grade to pass and not be a failure Um, so I think that's a really interesting idea yeah and also it's really interesting what you said Ruby about kind of like academic institutions being able to set the pass and the fail mark because even that in itself I think says a lot about us I mean all four of us are probably a bit academic nerdy people (laughs) (laughs) that's what we prioritize and we put forward and that is how we perceive our success and our failure but a lot of people for example they might not have passed all of their GCSEs they might have failed their GCSEs at school and gone on to an extremely successful career and I'm sure they wouldn't look back and see that as failure Um, they would actually see that as part of their way to make a successful career and move on so um it's just so incredibly sub- it's so so subjective it's crazy on that exact um train of thought um i actually listened to a podcast uh, Ooh, <laughs> not this one <laughs> I know, I not, not that there are better podcasts than this one i'm sure um but it was um, a conversation with lily allen who um obviously very well-known british singer-songwriter um did, left school with no gcse she dropped out of school Um, And at the time, that was probably seen by her teachers as a failure. She went Mm. on that same year to write Smile, which Mm. is like her biggest ever song. Um, What a banger. And I think that's an absolute (laughs) banger. And I think that it's really interesting to think of someone else's idea that you have failed could end up being your greatest success. And I think that is definitely the tone that we wanted to set for this podcast is that success and failure, it's it's a journey and not everything that you originally perceived to be a failure continues to be so later down the line and and may become a success um and i think the most ostensible manifestation of failure uh is rejection and Mm. that's kind of what we wanted to talk mostly about in this episode um so the idea of rejection um so just to um, put us all on a an even playing field um just to (laughs) level it out a little bit um what would you say is a big rejection that you have faced Right, okay, I'm going to start us off with, um, (laughs) yeah, so last year I applied for Oxford University, as did two other people on this podcast, We did indeed. Yeah, (laughs) and 
crazily, I actually took kind of my whole YouTube community on this mm. journey of applying to yeah. Oxford as well, as did Ruby. Um, so when I was rejected a few months after this massively kind of emotionally draining journey, that was definitely the biggest rejection and feeling of because failure that also, I also So had. what would you say was the biggest sense of failure from that? Was it the public rejection mm. or like the private rejection? Because it, it happened to you and it changed the course of yes, your life. Yeah. But it also, you knew because you would put it out there to the public, which is something that not a lot of people when they fail have to go through. There's like a public rejection or a public yeah. So how, how did that um, kind of change the way that you perceived your failure in I'm I'm saying that as a as a term but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. that that was a failure I'm just saying that I would say the personal private failure came first yeah because at the end of the day whether I shared this or not it was still a process that I invested yeah. so much in you know they're tiresome you, applications you know they, yeah. they just keep on going on and on yeah. they so. really do everything from you know like honing in the personal statement and having the interviews Ooh, and we're triggered yeah, I know yeah. oh god we're going we're going back yeah, now we're it's getting too don't please don't yeah and then having to face that rejection first was so so difficult so hard I was getting between the two words there um but then I think it was just having to then share it made it feel real because when you're processing it privately you know you don't almost have to deal with the fact that it's true yet you know you're still you're still processing dealing dealing with it but as soon as I suddenly had to face the opinions of others and and how invested other people seem to be in my application that was when it really hurt even um, though, I mean, I mm. think that was probably the most useful. I, I think that actually sharing the rejection was actually was actually quite liberating, yeah. um, even though it was extremely painful, you know. So it's almost, it's almost quite cathartic in retrospect uh, because reading through, yes, you know, there, there, there are always people saying, oh, you know, you deserve to get rejected or something mm, along those lines. Welcome to the internet. So yeah. <laughs> that so some of the comments. Um, Especially when you're so vulnerable. Like, it's yes. hard. And you've, you've put yourself comments. out there so much. And although we all understand how the internet works, it still cuts deep when you... Anonymous. Yeah, when you get that. And I think it's really interesting that you mentioned the idea of, like, physical pain. Because I wanted to talk as well about the vocabulary of rejection. So we talk about rejection in terms of, like, a kick in the teeth, or being stabbed in the chest, or punched in the gut, or a slap in the face. All of those things, all of those kind of idioms are to do with physical pain. And I think yeah. that's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, would you liken um, visceral pain to that physical pain of, of feeling rejection or feeling failure? Ooh. That's such a good question. <laughs> if I cry um, really hard, sometimes my eyes hurt. So. <laughs> no, but I mean that that pang <laughs> of like disappointment. Yeah. Does, but you, I mean, it, yeah, is, it is genuinely painful. So yeah. I'd say you know, kind of feeling in your stomach, more it's, painful. But you say that yeah. it's like it's like you feel almost like a blow. Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like you're winded. You yeah. know, it's um, it's it's like you you know you you've got a stitch or something. Yeah, but you it's know strange. what? Like, just like the brain. Yeah, no, definitely. I was gonna say just like you know, a physical injury heals over time. Mm. I think the same way about rejection and kind of mm. these yeah, feelings sure. of failure. Because for me personally, time was what really helped. It yeah. wasn't, you know, I mean, people can say these lovely things to you and they can offer their <laughs> yeah. sympathy and yeah. they can say like, you're gonna go on and do better things. And you know, it's all happens for a reason and all those lovely, lovely messages. But at the end of the day, 
it's time that gives you closure. And I think that is where you start to see the failure as something that can then lead you on to success. Yeah, that's definitely like my biggest like takeaway from like, I personally didn't apply to Oxbridge. um, So I was (laughs) grateful enough not to go through that whole cycle because it sounds like (laughs) horrendously stressful and you guys are champions for even putting yourself forward. It's like the Hunger Games. Um, (laughs) But um, I don't know, I went through a lot of, um, as a law student, you go through a lot of interview processes throughout your time at uni. Like you're all kind of like scratching and fighting to get onto open days and internships and in my first year I was like effectively rejected from everything which looking back makes a lot of sense because I read my applications and I'm like who is she but (laughs) I think I really agree with you Jade because it takes a while for you to mentally process it and realize that being rejected always involves a form of feedback. So if you're rejected from Oxbridge, if you're rejected from you know, a job, you can always turn around and ask why you were rejected and that allows you to grow. And I know that's like <laughs> a super like cliche thing to say, like, oh, well, like you have to make mistakes to grow, but like, it's true. Like, it it's is. so true. Yeah. You have no idea where you're going wrong until someone's turned around and said, well, you know, it's because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So. I guess in that sense. Rich. May I read you a letter? Oh, so, oh no. Go for it. So this letter reads. Postman <laughs> 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 Jack. Dear Mr. Hewson, thank you for submitting your tape to RSO Records. We have listened with careful consideration, but feel it is not suitable for us at present. We wish you luck with your future career. Yours sincerely, Alexander Sinclair. And that is such a classic letter that you, anyone could have received. That letter was sent to Bono from U2, who has oh. since gone on to sell. Let me get this right. 170 million records worldwide. So I think that it's really interesting to think of such a, that letter, any of us could have received that, right? Mm -hmm. And it reads almost identically to Mm. like my Oxbridge rejection letter and and stuff like that. I think it's a really fascinating idea that not everyone will see your potential and that's okay. Yeah, that's such a good, it's same with JK Rowling as well, right? I was just thinking that. That was the first thing that came to my head. Like it, it, it takes, I all think, those publishers yeah, to reject all those them. publishers yeah. to go through and obviously Harry Potter we stan we love Harry Potter <laughs> absolutely yeah I mean the, the largest franchise in, in children's literature yeah. and to think that that could quite easily have just never been picked up yeah yeah. Um, this can now, now segue into like a fan podcast <laughs> we're just gonna fangirl about, about J.K. Rowling magic Harry yeah. Potter book <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are loads of examples when I was um researching for this podcast like so many things came up so um Anna Wintour editor of Vogue um was originally fired from Harper's Bazaar because um the editor at the time thought that her shoots were too edgy um really? Oprah Winfrey was fired from her original broadcasting job because she was being too empathetic and too Gosh. emotional with the people she was interviewing wow. and, and is that not her greatest attribute yeah, exactly. yeah they're all that's why you love Oprah those so those yeah. things that have made these people rich were originally seen as their biggest weaknesses um, and wow. that is a huge part of uh, rejection, I suppose, is, is sometimes people don't see what you see. Um, and that's okay. I think yeah. it's realising that the person rejecting you, that is one opinion. That is, you know, one institution, one person's view. And that doesn't represent, you know, everyone's view or every institution. Yeah. And there definitely is a place for you and your strengths. And it's just kind of recognising that and not allowing those opinions to like tarnish your dreams and your goals. Yeah. And so, especially yeah. when they're um when they're quirks, you know, things yeah. like being too empathetic. They're things that 
make you different Mm. and if it's something which isn't part of the norm it's so easy for you to then say oh well then that's the kind of thing that we will reject you for because you're not fitting to a stereotype so moving on from that i wanted to ask kind of um what would you tell your past self i know we've kind of touched on it but what would you tell yourself Mm. having just been rejected from something I would say that there is so much power in rejection because all of my motivation in the later years of my university came from me being like, I am going to prove them wrong. Like everyone who I sat in front of in my first year who told me that I wasn't, didn't have the certain attributes or anything like that. I wanted to go back and be like, I've matured. I know where I went wrong. And I'm a great person for X, Y, and Z. And I deserve that job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like, it, you shouldn't take it too much to heart because every single thing that they said will probably be true. Even if at the time you don't want to accept the fact that, you know, maybe mm. you're too this, maybe you're too that. But it will give you so much power to turn around and be like, I can do this. I'm a badass. Because I am. Yeah. Love that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and this is something we were we actually touched what well, we were talking about a little bit before we started recording, uh, but the power of reflection and actually encouraging mm-hmm. yourself to reflect upon it as opposed to just saying, oh, okay, well, that's a mistake. We're going to brush that under the rug, pretend it yeah. never happened. Yeah. Um, and actually instead making a point of saying to yourself, I am going to reflect on this. Something big has just happened. You know, this this rejection does mean a lot to me. Yeah. And I can spend time actually mulling that over and yeah. recognising the importance, recognising how you said, you know, how we can move forwards. So you have to kind of acknowledge in order to grow and move on from it. You can't, you know, just I suppose what you're on. saying is if you bottle it up and throw it away, it's not conducive and you won't improve. Yeah, um, and I suppose like... Yeah, rejection is hard and it's hard being told or or perceiving that rejection as being told that you're not good enough. And it isn't always what it means. It's like you are not the person who fits this exact like yes. description yeah. of what we are looking for perfectly, but there could be something so much better. So I suppose it is, yeah, like you're saying, it's, it's worth taking time to reflect on that and establishing how you want to change or, or grow from there. I wish I could just tell myself, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay yeah. that you were rejected. Because in that moment, I just felt like, I just doubted absolutely everything about myself. And, you know, I felt like I had all these grades and everything and it just suddenly nothing mattered. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it was okay to sit there and cry all day long. And I kept, you know, trying to brush away these tears and pretend I was, you know, all put together and, and okay with the result. But it really was okay. And I wish I could yeah. just emphasize that. Yeah, I think one of the thing as well is, Often, when you're rejected from something, because you're caught up in the whirlwind of, I want this position, I want this job, I want this university place, you actually don't get a lot of time to think about whether it really is the right opportunity for you. Because the potential oh, yeah. is almost intoxicating. Exactly. And, you, and so you, it's all, Over, it's, all it's, consuming. You become obsessive. Yeah. Become obsessive. Yeah. And I think, like, Bristol was the university I went to, graduated from, absolutely love, shout out, love it. <laughs> but, but equal, it's not, it wasn't my first choice at, at university, it wasn't my firm choice, it was my backup choice. And I am so incredibly glad that I didn't end up going to my first choice, which was 100% something that I was caught up in the whirlwind of and like, you know, it's prestige and it's rankings and blah, blah, blah. And I am a personality type that was far more suited to the academic institution I ended up going to and I only realized that once I was 
rejected. I didn't actually get my grades, so I didn't get into my first choice. But I only realized that I was actually far more suited and prioritized the things that Bristol could offer me. Once I got there and I thought, I'm so glad I'm here. And I'm so, so glad that I wasn't wrapped up and ended somewhere, ended up somewhere that actually wasn't the right fit and wasn't right for me. Yeah, I mean, I have an, a completely identical situation where I obviously I like we said I applied to Oxford and ended up going to Durham and Durham is the place where I now feel happiest and it suits me down to a T and I think that like you said it's sometimes things do work out for the best and things are meant to happen we'll never know what the alternative is but it's nice to rest assured that that can happen to me at one point it was all I cared about it was all I thought about and then when it wasn't Mm. a possibility anymore I found something new and something else that I love and I'm so much happier there I think Mm. or I'm, I'm very happy anyway Um, And I actually wanted to talk a little bit about um, the idea of kind of validating that feeling that you originally get. Like you mentioned how when you found out about Oxford, you you cried, right? And it's that that feeling of of this is painful, like physically painful. Um, So Guy Winch, who is a psychologist um, in his book, Emotional First Aid, um, which again, like that language of like caring, like self-care and stuff is so important too. Um, He reported that rejection is such a strong emotion that the body actually registers the sensation as if it were physical pain. So it's almost like the same part of the Mm, brain responds um, as with physical pain. Um, There's this experiment called the ball tossing experiment where um, three strangers... It's called the ball tossing experiment. I love you made me repeat that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for making me repeat that. Uh, So three strangers sit in a waiting room thinking they're about to go into an experiment, right? Two of those people are actually scientists and they start tossing a ball... Um, between the two so throwing and catching and they pass it also to the third person who is the experimental person in the situation um and after two throws to him they stop throwing it to that person and that person then reported when they went into the room and were asked about it reported feeling like physical pain and um like that real feeling of rejection was actually hurtful to them um to their like psychology um and there's a drug called tylenol which is a pain relief drug and when people took that they reported feeling less of a sense of Um, physical pain when they were rejected Mm. Um, and when they tested this on other emotions like embarrassment they didn't find the same effect so it really shows that that feeling of being rejected and our response to rejection is similar to physical pain so it's quite primitive yeah I think that what we've we've spoken about is about like moving on from rejection and stuff but it's okay to feel that initial pain it's not about yeah you shouldn't feel embarrassed or feel ashamed for feeling that pain because it's completely validated it's but it's it's about how you move on Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I was going to say. That was fascinating, honestly. <laughs> um, so for you guys, do you think you can pinpoint a moment of closure with the whole Oxford rejection? I mean, obviously you're all, you all went on to such amazing universities, you know, even though you didn't go to your first choice, you ended up at Bristol and having an amazing time. Was there a moment where you were so glad for that failure? Um. I would say yes that that I can pinpoint mm. an exact moment actually um so I actually I applied to Oxford to study English and then when I got rejected from Oxford for English I thought you know have I made the right decision and um I remember I remember the first time that I began I began to question that so I was sitting in a religious studies lesson and we were learning about something that was just so interesting. And I was sitting there thinking, this is exactly what I want to spend the next three years learning about. And I hadn't given myself the time and the chance to actually reflect upon other subjects other than English to study at university. And so in that moment, I thought, actually, maybe it is for the best. Maybe I'm supposed to change courses and I wasn't supposed to. Mm 
And yes. you did change course. And I did yeah. change courses, exactly. <laughs> you're enjoying it now. And I'm enjoying it. But I mean, I, mean, I have to, I mean, we've spoken a lot about academic things, but for example, I had a job interview, which I was, I, all my friends worked at this place, right? It was a supermarket. All my friends worked there and like, they spoke about the discount and all of this stuff. And I was just like, wow, I want discounted sandwiches too. And so I went for this job. And it wasn't right for me. It wasn't the right fit. And I didn't get, I didn't, the person who was interviewing me, I didn't click with. And I, it went awfully. Like it went so horrendously. And I found out Aww. and I felt so, um, you know, embarrassed and ashamed by that rejection. And it did feel like a physical pain at the time. I then applied to a completely different job just by chance and got it. And I was the only one out of any of my friends who worked there. And I met so many amazing people. And it, mm-hmm. um, it, it really meant a lot to me to work in that job. And it really made me the person who I am now. And it was completely different. So I think that even outside of academics that you can, and it was only really, maybe I was, I'd been there a month. And it was that moment of introspective, thought of looking back and be, of reflection and being like actually like I'm, I'm happy now I'm way yeah. happier this is yeah. great um yeah and yeah. almost the great thing is is that you don't know the alternative so yes. you can yes. never you can never make a complete comparison between the two and really like analytically be like where am I genuinely the most happy like where am I best because yeah. you'll never know because you'll place. never know yeah. so it, you almost gain closure just from being okay because yeah from being okay, you know that everything is going to get better, that you're going to feel happier, that hopefully you'll be successful because you don't know the the, the alternative universe. So yeah. you just I really think like it will be... But by the same token, I say right now, oh, I'm happier than I would have been at Oxford. I don't know that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that because I am happy now. Yeah. And it's, just, it's the same point where if I take myself back a year and a half ago when I found out that I hadn't got in, I didn't know that I would be happier now because I felt like it was so all-consuming in my brain that that mm. was the only way I would be happy. So I think that it works both ways. Um, and we can look back in reflection and think, oh yeah, but I'm happier now. So you just disregard that rejection. But at the time, you don't know that this is a possibility. So it's, it's just mm. remembering that. And it's hard. It is hard. That's, that's, yeah. that's it's so yeah. much easier said than done. It's yeah. so easy for us to just tie our whole self-worth and everything that, um, literally just ourselves to one particular grade, one particular, you know, position. And then when we don't achieve that, when that's take, when that's not taken away from us, but it feels like it is taken away from us, um, it's almost like ripping, ripping apart you as opposed to ripping apart that part of you that applied for something yeah. or yeah. a part of you who and sat an exam because yeah. it's not that, it's, you're not you're not separating yourself and you're not recognizing that that it's not you it's you know this particular aspect and the interesting thing is is that it's a construct of you because it's not you like it was never in like intrinsic to ruby granger that she should go to oxford like it's not like it's intrinsic that maybe you'd be you know extremely you'd excel at academia or that you would be i don't know you, you'd be great at martial arts i don't know you could be, <laughs> you, could be a, you could be a karate black belt i don't know but it was never intrinsic for you to go to a certain institution that is a self-internalized goal and i think that's yeah. why like to loop back to what we were talking about at the mm. start why failure is so personal and why it's so subjective because every single thing that you build failure on is an expectation that you have constructed yes. and yeah. what you see for yourself. Yeah. We named the the podcast The Wooden Spoon, but I really like the idea of how a wooden spoon can be given to you when you finish a race 
as for the last place, mm. right? And at that moment in time, it's not useful to you at all. But you could go home and make a cake, you know, and that would be delicious. <laughs> and you can make lots of people very happy with that piece of cake, right? And you've made that with the wooden spoon. So I think that's, I, I think it's a good metaphor for what we're speaking about now and that your rejection or your failure coming last place could, you know, win you a baking competition. <laughs> it's, you know, there are, just because something hasn't gone exactly to plan, it doesn't mean that nothing will. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. In this episode, we've kind of spoken a lot about rejection. And over the course of the series, we want to sort of pick up from that. That's the most obvious form of failure to me. But we want to kind of continue to unpack the idea of failure and bring it into other aspects of our lives. But each week of the podcast, we wanted to give you firstly a productivity tip and also a Spotify song recommendation, which we'll be adding to a playlist that you can listen to. The Wooden Spoon playlist. The Wooden Spoon playlist, which is, uh, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. So um, we'll start with a song recommendation from each of you. Um, Jade? Okay, so mine is Peach Jam by 88 Rising. I really want to listen to that now. It's so (laughs) intriguing. (laughs) Peach Jam. (laughs) Uh, mine is High and Low by Joshua Radin. Oh. Mine is by the talented Rex Orange County, Loving is Easy. Oh, what a tune. It and, is a tune. Um, I'm going to wrap up with Lily Allen's Smile because that is the success story oh, that we've spoken about in this that. podcast. And uh, so I think you should go and listen to it and feel inspired. So you can head down below this podcast to the show notes where the link to that uh, playlist will be, as well as um, other bits of reading. Because we kind of researched a little bit for this podcast so you can find the other uh, sources that we used. Um, Because as good university students, we know how to reference, (laughs) I hope. (laughs) But um, moving on from that, we also have a kind of productivity tip of the week. Um, And we were speaking a little bit about, um, between us, about uh, an impossible list. So the things that you would love to achieve. And this is actually Jade's idea. So I think that you should kind of build on this. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So it's a bit like a bucket list, which I'm sure you've all heard of. Kind of a list of things that you'd love to do by the time you die. But we kind of wanted to extend that with the idea of an impossible list. So you have this list of all these things you'd like to do in your life. But when you complete something, you tick it off, you actually build upon it. So, for example, oh, I want to run a 5K in my life. And then as soon as you've done that, you tick it off. You can extend upon it and say, I want to run a 5K under 25 minutes. And it's kind of this idea of success as a continuum. So you have these goals and then when you achieve them, you can keep building on them. Yeah, so it's just the same way that failure isn't the end of the road. It's like success isn't either. You can continue to keep growing from that and building upon that and yeah, being the best version of yourself that you can be. I love it. Yes. <laughs> How wholesome is that? <laughs> Someone make a fart joke or something. <laughs> How have um, we just recorded a podcast as well, guys? Like I know, first that, episode. Is really that is the end. I'm yeah. pretty proud of us, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, I'm going to pat each other on the backs yeah. in, in the studio. <laughs> God, I can't wait for you guys to hear the next few podcasts as well. Like, we have got some cool things coming up. And so there we have the first ever episode of The Wooden Spoon. I'm so excited that this is finally out there with the world and with you in your ears. That was weirdly intimate, sorry. (laughs) But what would be really, really amazing is if you could leave us a five-star review. I feel very cheeky saying that, but it would mean so much to us, uh, to so many people. But yeah, please do rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is weird to say. We've been wanting to say this for such a long time, and now... We finally get to. So, um, yeah, thank you very, very much for listening to the first episode. We'll be back next week at the same time with more fun stuff. So see you there. See you. Oh, I almost forgot to say the whole, the the most exciting part of this whole thing, which is 
See you all soon. Do, 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 do.